I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally-based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Once again, we are on the topic of websites for this episode. Now, you may wonder why I choose to bang on about websites so much. Well, I'll tell you, number one, in my experience, the importance of a small business's website is often severely underestimated. In my opinion, your website is like the engine room of your marketing ecosystem. And I am all about creating an active and dynamic website that really plugs into your business at a strategic level. Your website is so much more than your business brochure online. Number two, when it comes to creating a best practice website, a lot of non-webby people simply don't know what they don't know. Like Take Google Analytics, for example. This free tool should be on every small business owner's radar. So, If you have a website, you should absolutely know about Google Analytics and have that attached to your website, but it's not. Um, So many people don't know about this tool and just how powerful the measurements from Google Analytics can be to be able to help you understand not only what's working with your business website, but with your marketing. Like there's so much that plugs in to, to Google Analytics. So um, so I'm going to be talking with the ever delightful Simon Bank from Web Studio in this episode. And Simon is one of the marketing experts in the How to Do Marketing Academy. And he is one of our marketing partners that actually help our academy members create an awesome website if, if they need it. And we've worked with Simon for several years now. He's actually been in the web industry for over 17 years. Um, So he really does know his stuff. And he shares the same opinion as me. Websites are way more than a nice bit of design and a bit of code and information. So let's crack on and let Simon tell us what we need to know about creating an active and effective small business website. Hello, Simon, and welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. Hey, Jane. Thank you for having me on. Oh, such a pleasure. Now, we're going to deep dive into the topic of small business websites today, which I'm really looking forward to. But before we do that, can you please just give a little bit of an explanation of your business, Web Studio, what it's all about, and how you help small businesses to build their websites? Yeah, definitely. Well, I founded Web Studio back in 2004 while I was studying business 
at QUT in Brisbane. So I've always loved design um, as well as the numbers side of business. So for me, Web Studio is a perfect synergy of the two. Um, I love helping businesses grow and flourish using the web as a central part of their marketing strategy. Um, but I realized that a great website is way more than a beautiful design. Um, you know, it's a, you know, we've got to be thinking about their audience, helping people to build connection with their audience. And this happens through good planning um, and a design process that's in harmony with the rest of their branding and their big picture, their big story. Mm. Um, and I love helping um, clients build engagement through their website. Yeah, nice. Fantastic. And um, you've been doing this for a very, very long time. Is this what you've been doing your whole career? Like since you studied business, did you go start? Pretty much. So through in my degree, like I, I did uh, web design as a, it paid my way through the latter couple of years of uni. Nice. Um, but then I got a graduate job um, with a big four firm, accounting firm. Yeah. And I thought this is an opportunity. Like I sort of just went for it because I'd studied business and I thought I'm going to, I'm going to have a crack at that as a graduate from a business degree. And lo and behold, I got a, got a gig and I thought, well, that's an offer not to be, you know, sniffed at. So I thought mm -hmm. I'll give it a crack, see how I like it. See, and I, because I've always loved the numbers side of business, I thought I'd give that a go. But I kept Web Studio sort of on the side and always had a few little projects on the burner, on the side. And that sort of satisfied my creative, uh, creative side a bit. Yeah. Um, but then like a couple of years later, 2007 is when I was like, no, I'm all in. I'm yeah. like, I've got to, I, I can't do both. I want to choose one and be all in on the, on web design. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that was where my passion and my calling was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, like the last 14 plus years has been full-time dedicated to, um, to building websites for small businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So plenty of experience. And I can imagine, like, I'm taking my mind back to 2007. Um, I started the Dragonfly marketing business back in 2005. And, like, even websites then to what websites are now, like, whew, so different. Big differences. So different. One, of, one of the clients that I um, actually kicked off with, um, with Web Studio back in July 2004 is a small kitchen design company in the village of Mullaney, uh, up in the hinterland of the Sunshine Coast. And John's been a client now for, gosh, 16 plus, 17 years. And he's um, he's been really happy with his website. And I've offered several times to give him a brand new website. He's been like, no, I love what I've got. I'm really happy with it. But now he's agreed. Um, and I'm in the process of redesigning that. So it's great to have clients that have been with us right from day one. Yeah. Um, and we've been able to um, help them along the way, but now we're able to take them from, I'm really looking forward to this transformation from the 2004 to the 2021, like it's just going to be um, a complete change overhaul. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like not only just the look, because that's like that's where my mind goes first and foremost, like what was kind of trendy and um, looking contemporary and sleek back in 2005 probably yeah. wouldn't transpire to to the same not at all uh, descriptions now but but it's like the functionality like these days like I'm building a, a um it's a website I guess of sorts in Kajabi for the how mm -hmm. to do marketing mm -hmm. academy so I'm not really like I am building it but I'm not building it like there's not 
much coding to do at all. And seriously, there's so many tools there that you can use. I can just put the whole thing together. They have made it, and for me to like for for they for them to have made it so easy for me to do. Like I'm, I'm not someone who tolerates like things that that have a lot of detail or tricky bits or yep. you know intense. It needs to be intuitive and make sense, and oh. you can get your ideas out. Drag and drop easily. is yep. what it needs to be, Simon. Drag and drop, <laughs> um, and, and and still look good and work well for your for your yeah. Users. Yeah, but my other website obviously is WordPress, which you specialise in, and even WordPress, like from what it was, you know, ten years ago to what it is now, it's and actually I can see that, like when you use the editing tools like Elementor and stuff in in WordPress, it's yeah. very similar to the way that Kajabi has been designed, that modular building block style. Yeah, yeah. click and click yeah. and drop. You know, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like drag and drop kind of style. Yeah, so it really helps you to get your idea onto the page quickly and easily yeah that's right yeah. and i and i don't think it um it probably doesn't come together as beautifully and seamlessly as as when you know it's been developed from scratch from a web developer uh, but it's getting pretty pretty close yeah. for these sorts of the platforms from the content management side of things not and it's not. interesting you mentioned that because we actually do work with quite a number of clients who've had a crack at making their own website yeah um, and you know as a as a type of brief or as a starting point for a website to have a client who's had a crack at starting, whether they've actually used that website or not. If they Sometimes they would just give us a login to one they've been tinkering around with themselves, but it's helped them get their ideas out of their head and it's actually bring, they come to us well prepared. They've already hit a few challenges. I've got a few questions, but they're asking the right questions and they come a bit more aware of or appreciating a bit more of what we're going to be doing and taking the journey we'll take them on um so yeah like the di like i we don't feel uh competitively threatened by that diy um system because people are always looking for that for help with expressing themselves and what's what's going to actually be effective for me and that advice is really that's probably our key value offering is the advice that we can give and guiding people through that journey and helping them know what to do and not to do and a, a tool you're a marketer you get all the the important do's and don'ts but for so many people who building a website they've never had anything to do with it before um it's all very overwhelming and we really just the guides that will demystify all of that and you yeah. know make that yeah. and, and 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 help clients focus on what's important and less on what's not yeah, and 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 I would never attempt to build a WordPress website from scratch at all. It's it's that's um, even though they're they're mildly intuitive, and from the content management side of things, that that's probably where I find it the most intuitive is when you want to add a blog, when you want to yeah. change some of the content, and they've been developed specifically for that, which is why we've always recommended clients use WordPress because. I find that they're much more intuitive than a lot of the other website platforms to be able to use that yep. that intuitive kind of drag and drop style content management editing functions. Yeah, so we, I mean, it, it, without having to reinvent the wheel, as web developers, we can create, we can express what it is that you want to get out onto the website, but in a way that you'll be able to maintain it yourself in the future. Like you said, like adding blog posts, editing a bit of content, Sure, you're not going to necessarily redesign the whole look and feel, but the day-to-day looking after the website is super easy for you to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, one of the questions that I had around this, because something that I see a lot and, and funny that you kind of mentioned that people kind of start, sometimes start by building their own website or they might have actually gone out and got somebody else to build it. But as you say, you don't know what you don't know when mm-hmm. you're first starting out. You kind of just go and look at a few other people's websites and go, oh, well, I can see they've got a homepage and about us page and a contact us page, you know, and they list their services. So that's where I'll start. But there's so many small business websites that that are simply there as a placeholder. I'm going to call them a, a placeholder. Mm-hmm. Someone's gone, we need a website. We've got to be found on the, the internet. Um, if someone types in our name, you know, we just need to make sure that we've got something there that tells people who we are and what we do. But it's this really dormant kind of really ineffective the only thing it's really effective is is if someone's searching hard for you they'll find a website presence um i find i kind of call them passive websites mm-hmm. and i think the ones the websites that really work for a business if you have been strategic with your marketing thought process are the websites that are active you know they are energetically aligned with your business they do more than just sit there waiting for someone to discover it they they actually plug in at an operational level maybe at a customer service level Mm -hmm. at a thought leadership you know helping you share thought leadership level they're well they excite you they engage you there's things there that 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 prompt you and and stimulate thought Yeah. yeah what have you learned what have you learned over the years about the difference and, and what makes the difference between a, a really static kind of dormant website versus a really, really effective, you know, what are the foundations yeah. of a really effective website? I think the things that I'll say to you about this are going to be like, aha, like that's really obvious. But like for me, the biggest thing, the, the first place I would start would be personality, you know, actually like, the biggest lesson I've learned um, is that websites need personality. Simply telling people what you do and where to find you is not enough. Like you were saying about that passive, like just like here's a screenshot of our brochure. It's not enough because people buy from people. Um, so using your website to provide a warm welcome to your customers uh, is a really great way to engage them, um, build trust and rapport. Um, so for example, using photos or if possible a video um, to you know it gives people a really um, warm welcome that greeting they feel like they've met you in person in a way they've already started building that bit of connection with you they're replicating the or you're replicating the experience that have um, when they walk into your office or jump on a zoom call with you mm. um, so I think it's also yeah so you're, you're creating that that human element but it's also then a big thing is also creating um continuity or consistency with all your other touch points as well so the design's got to be on brand it's got to be consistent rather than just a logo pasted in the top corner of a site that looks nice it's got to sort of all flow together really well so consistency and continuity is massive um, and then clarity of what's next like what are you what are you offering me what's 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 here and how do I okay that's great what do I do now and giving people ch- choice of ways they can engage really easily throughout the website yeah yeah I think they're three winners and I love the personality and and yeah you kind of when you say that you think oh yeah right okay yeah of course of course it should have personality but Simon so many don't 
So many don't, you know, and that that's not just small business. That's big business. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think whether it's, it's kind of like the corporate brochure used to be, you know, everyone's trying to be on their best behaviour and use Well, on their best behaviour, it's super polished. We're hiding behind a lovely brand. It's all manicured. It's all perfect. It's like really staged. It's, it's a bit fake where I think we've got our filters on now as, as, as informed consumers, as, as buyers, we're, we're looking for authenticity and we're looking for that real you. So cut away the, the crap and yeah. show me you. Like actually yeah. what do you do? What makes you different? And I think yeah. that's where the personal personality and having that personal touch and having a having a bit of relatability in there. Like show your real show that you're real um, and that you're a genuine um, person that people can relate with. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't just have to be one person. It can be your team. It can be your, your team. Partners, yeah, your, and just know, really getting people. the culture of your your company or your business on onto the website. So really expressing, um, having a bit of fun, you know, like make it interesting. Yeah. Like make it a bit quirky. Don't be afraid to, you know, have, have a little wiggle that squiggles in the corner or something, whatever's going to bring it to life, whatever expresses your your businesses as your, you know, your point of difference or adds a bit of personality, I think it really helps build connection. Yeah, I agree. And I love your point too about that that consistency, that brand consistency and making sure that it ties in with the signage on your business, with your LinkedIn page, with your business card or, or whatever, and the clarity. And I think the clarity around what to do next, this is where small businesses can really plug the website in operationally, you know, so you know, what functions are you doing as a business that you might actually be able to shift onto the website? You know, even if it's just 100%. something really basic, like frequently asked questions, you know, are there questions yeah. that people ring you up with all the time that you could put on your website so that people could start to have those answered before they get on the phone to your sales yeah, So they're more informed and, uh, and yeah, they, they know more about what you've got to offer. yeah. yeah. Or is there some sort of online booking functionality? Is there, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, um, a chat person that they can they can talk to to kind of have mm-hmm. that initial conversation? There's there's ways that we can kind of think about well, how do people do business with us, and how could what could we actually add to the website to actually get them to start doing business with us on online yeah, before yep. picking up the phone? So, and that's that kind of clarity too of going well. What, how can I start working with these people? How can I start finding out more? How can I, you know, engage at a deeper level than just reading the information that's on the screen? Yeah, I love yeah, that. Absolutely. And you would have seen some mistakes along the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and made a few mistakes as well, Jane. <laughs> yeah, God love you. And, well, you would have had to fix a lot of mistakes. Yeah, we've all made mistakes. What like if someone's listening today and wants to avoid some of the mistakes that that you've learned from along the way, what what would they be? Absolutely. So I think the firstly, um, I see a lot of websites with either too much or too little information. Yeah. Um, either information overwhelm or really light on detail. So I think that's where planning the website and really having a good plan, and we'll talk about a brief later. Yeah. Um, but I think planning is critical to articulating the message, the key messages that you need to deliver to your audience. And secondly, a big mistake that I see is not differentiating yourself from your competitors, just same, same, like really not expressing your points of difference and and making that clear on the website. But I think, and this is 
the website can help with this, but it also is beyond the website, is that follow through or the lack of follow through. And you touched on it before, like in terms of automating and that custom customer service side is there's so many businesses who invest time and money engaging their audience through their marketing, um, but they don't back it up with systems and processes to make the most of opportunities that arise. So they get the phones ringing, the emails are running, um, they're writing on scraps of paper and that, but they're not, they lack the systems to really make the most of those opportunities that arise. Yeah. Uh, I see this so- way too often. Um, and at the, at the very least, keeping a journal or a notebook of people that have contacted you just so you can read back through it and just follow up with people, I think is critical. Um, but um, I, I say that as an absolute minimum, but ideally some sort of a database or system, or as we call a CRM, um, where you can keep a track of the people that have come through your website or that have called you or emailed you, somewhere that you can create a central place for keeping track, but more than keeping track to be able to then follow up on or later on when someone comes back to you, they don't have to necessarily explain themselves again or if another member of your team picks up that contact and is carrying on, there's a bit of continuity in that user or that customer journey. Mm. So I think that there are a number of CRM tools out there um, as simple as an app on your phone right through to web-based tools that can plug into your website Mm. so that once somebody's taken action, we can then create a bit of a, we can create a journey for them, whether it be an email sequence, welcome to Dragonfly Marketing, or whether it's an SMS that gets sent out um, to to the customer to say, hey, thank you for getting in touch on our website. We'll be, we'll be um, giving you a call very soon. But just little automations that can be done just to really um, make the most of that opportunity. So that's a big glaring opportunity or a mistake that I see is people creating, attracting people to the website, but then, then what? And then yes. falling flat on the follow through. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, or putting to, and I and I love your point around putting too few or too much um, information on their website. I, I've got to say, I um, too little, I should say. Um, I've got, I probably see it probably with some of the older style websites that just haven't been updated within the last, you know, five years or so. Mm-hmm. And just the pages and pages and pages and pages of static information, you know, like Reams of content, yeah. pages of, of blog and podcasts and that kind of information because that's that's dynamic content. Um, but just the pages and pages and pages of static mm-hmm. information. And, you know, you and I look at the Google Analytics on sites every day. You know, you see yep. the pages that people are interacting with if I take mine, for example, the static pages that, that people interact with on my website are really my, you know, home about us and, and I've got one particular product that I'm pushing a lot at the moment, the, the mm-hmm. Academy. Yeah. They're probably the, the three main pages of the static content and then it's all the, the blog content and the podcast. The other pages yep. never get a look in. They just don't. Yep. It's amazing. I could say exactly the same from our side as well. People want to, they'll, they'll see your homepage. So you've got to really get your message across really clearly there. They want to know who you are. So they'd love to find out a little bit more about you. Um, show me and tell me what you do. But another page that we do get a bit of engagement on as well is our proof of work or that, that um, our portfolio yes. of work where people like to say, oh, well, show me what you've done. So that, yes. that proof of your capability or track record is pretty important. That's yes. a takeaway from our own website. 
Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good point as, as well. Now, um, as we dive into some of this, what we call kind of user experience and, and, and how people are interacting with our site, some, some, a term that some listeners may or may not have heard is, is UX, which, which is exactly that. It just means user experience. It's just a fancy yep. <laughs> um, yep. a term, website term. And then there's UI, which is the kind of user interface. Mm-hmm. Can you explain these terms in a little bit more detail and also why they're important? So if someone's talking about yep. UI or if someone's talking to their web developer about UI, UX, make sure you understand them yep. because why? Well, simply put, the user interface is all the visual elements on the website. So that's all the buttons, the headings, the text, the photos, the video. That's the It's the things you touch and feel on the website. So everything that you see on the website. The user experience is a level above that. It's the experience that you have when you're on the website. So what is it? How does it make me feel about your business? Um, and how does it make me want to interact or engage with your business? And what does it inspire me to do next? So when we're designing a website, we are thinking about the user experience. We're thinking about how what your goals are for your website, where we want to guide people to. So um, what we want them to actually, what action we want them to take. Um, and clearly articulate your message and offering um, using logical formatting so there's a journey and a, and, a, and a flow through from one section to the next and just take your visitors on an enjoyable journey and that's really what that user experience is about using the interface or the UI uh, to get them there. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're incredibly, when we, you know, refer to active exciting dynamic websites that's the kind of stuff that you need to be focusing on is how yeah. is that user experiencing the the interface within your yeah. your website yeah. so so it's really key hey if you are loving what you hear in this episode of the how to do marketing show and you want to know how you can get some of this marketing happening in your own business come and join me in my how to do marketing academy mastermind You'll work directly with me and a bunch of other like-minded, motivated small business owners for 12 months. And in that time, I'll show you how to plan, implement, and measure the marketing that is right for your business. The results that you can expect are that way more of the right type of people are going to come and get to know your business and your brand. You'll increase your leads, you'll increase your revenue, and best of all, you'll finish the 12 months with a complete and thorough understanding of exactly how to do marketing. Head on over to howtodomarketing.com.au to find out more. Now let's get stuck back into this episode. Now, we, we touched on before um, too little or too much information. Mm-hmm. What's the kind of trend now? Like, what you, like, how do we make sure we've got the perfect amount of content? Yeah, well, there's so many. There's, there are conflicting goals, right? Mm. So there's, well, there's conflicting, um, uh, I guess, objectives. There's the, there's the SEO, which is the enough content to be attractive to Google to, to, to bring the Google search engine and give you a give you a higher ranking. So there's that 500 to 700 words on your key pages is a is a minimum for effective SEO uh, mm-hmm. on the on the website. Mm, yeah. But it's about structuring that content so it's not just slabs and walls of content. So 
there's not a one-size-fits-all in the sense of you must hit that absolute number of words. It's more about making sure you're within a particular range, but being careful, again, not to just bombard with content. Yeah. Break that content into, into bite-sized chunks through the website, so effective use of headings and images and graphics to, to split it up, so not just a big slab of A4 content, because 500 words is about an A4 piece of paper. That's a fair... It's a fair wall of content. So we don't want to hit that all in one screen. So certainly like that was a challenge five to 10 years ago when um, a big goal was to have the minimize the amount of scrolling on a website, keep it all above the fold, so to speak. But that term is well and truly gone now. So we can yeah. put that in the past and we can, we want to actually use scrolling as a way to unfold and unpack the story and take people on a journey. So 507 words, 500 to 700 words, while it sounds like a lot, mm. um, it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to overwhelm on the page. So it requires a bit of thought and planning how we lay that out, but it's it's certainly um, achievable. Um, but in, in that, that's why we break it down because less is more. So we don't want to, we want to make it into logical, like structuring headings. So maybe having an introduction paragraph at the top with some, links that take people either to another heading or section on the page or to another page on the website to really expand on that bit of content as well. So you may have four services in your business, a short paragraph on each service on your homepage with a read more that then goes to another page that's got that 500 to 700 words that expands on that content is important as well. Um, And the, the, but the main thing in with, with, in all of that, within the content, we really want to make sure that the website content conveys who you are mm. and what you do, how you can help your customers, and what sets you apart. Mm. So it's not just blabbing on about we are this, 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 and this, but it's who are you, what do you do, um, how you can help. So really speaking to your customers' pain points and actually resonating with their needs and their challenges and their struggles and how you can help them and then set yourself apart yeah. and make it and then provide or invite or provide an opportunity for people to engage with you. Yeah, yeah, love it. That makes complete sense and that's a really good rundown. And if you think of a lot of the landing page templates that you can buy mm-hmm. now, they kind of follow that formula a bit, They're that scroll, yeah. like it is absolutely mm-hmm. a scroll, everything's on the right page and you kind of headline you know, intro paragraph that kind of talks about how you're going to take someone from A to B. You might have an image and then more information, then a video, then, you know, a few options to take people elsewhere on the site. You don't want people to get bored, right? You just want to make it interesting and engaging. And if it's just keep scrolling at same, 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 you need to break it up using um, design elements to create, have variety and make it interesting as people are scrolling through. Yeah, makes complete sense. Um, now, when we're working with a client within the How to Do Marketing mm-hmm. Academy or one of our um, clients with Dragonfly Marketing, mm-hmm. if they need to do a website refresh or if they need to build a website for the first time, we'll work with them and, and you'll work with them as well mm-hmm. to build a brief, to build a website brief. Um, from the web development point of view, 
what is it on this brief? What's the information that needs to be included on this brief so that you've got all that you need, all of the, the information that you need to then go and build a really effective website for that, that business? What's the key info you're looking for? I can tell you that the website briefs from Jane Hillsdon are the best in the business. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your students and your clients are really well served in that area when they come over to, to work with us um, because it is really about the proper planning, that getting that planning right. Um, and you really want, we want to design a website that's going to be a captivating journey for your, for your business's customers. Um, so really it's that a great website brief provides an overview of your marketing strategy. So that's um, for each when I'm speaking to your, I'm speaking to the listeners, I'm speaking to the to your students. Um, it's um, we want to have an overview of your marketing strategy so that we can tailor the design and user experience um, of your website. So it's it it's in harmony with your business. It's got to have that unique element to it. So really, for us, and a simple starting point is that list of pages. What are the key pages on the website? Um, we refer to this as a sitemap. And it gives us a quick overview of the scope of the website, like how many pages there are and how we're sort of going to set things out in the menu at the top and what sort of buttons we're going to put on the home page. But in that document, in the brief, we want to know who you are. Um, we would want to know what you do um, and how you serve your customers. Do you have a shop front? Do you have an online store? Um, do you deliver? Like, tell us about how you serve your customers. Um, the website brief should tell us about your audience, who your customers are, separate them into a few uh, main demographic groups so that we can structure the website to speak directly to them. And we love to hear your vision, your goals and the desired outcomes for the website. So do you want people to buy from you or make an appointment with you or visit your store or come to your music festival or what is it that you are wanting them to do? So we want that in the brief as well. Yeah. Um, so we can design the journey to actually achieve that. Yeah. Um, and then it's great to know a little about your current website as well if you've got one. Um, so what's working, what you love about it, what you don't love about it, any specific ideas or examples that you can refer us to for the new website because it is yours and it, we want it to be a reflection of your per personality as much as we are website professionals and we can give you great advice on a design that's going to be amazing. We want it to be a reflection of you as well. So we'd love to have your input, your ideas at the brief. Yeah. Um, and we want to know about your a little bit about your culture and the, the, the tone of voice um, and the, the, the style, the flavour you want for the website. So they're the main elements. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, and I think that if, if there's, yeah, if there's a kind of a logical process to go through and have that information, so you to, to have that information, you have to have really thought through your marketing at a, at a strategic point. Like the things that you've touched on there are brand, yep. you know, who are we, what do we stand for, what, you, like even from the look and feel point of view, who is it that we serve, what is it that we do, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yep. You've kind of got to have that articulated in your head to be able to hand over that, that information. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where going through this marketing planning process as you're doing within the academy as well is just so such a great foundation for your marketing because it's going to be when we're planning your website or any other form of marketing that you're doing it creates that 
platform for consistency and continuity that we spoke about earlier. Um, So the brief for your website will look similar to the brief for your other forms of marketing because you're starting from that clear starting point. You've gotten to, you've defined your, you've defined your customers. You're working out what you're offering, how you're offering it, and generally setting the tone for all of your marketing. And that's super helpful when we're building a website. We, We can do our best work when we're working with clients who are really, really clear about their goals and what, and, and engaged in the process. So putting their unique, um, um, you know, unique ideas and, and elements into the process. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, now let's talk about my favorite measurement tool <laughs> ever in the whole wide world, Google <laughs> analytics. Um, quite, it's quite, quite a dorky admission, but um, I think what where I get really dismayed is that not enough small businesses know about Google Analytics. It's such a powerful measurement tool, but it's just such a powerful tool in general mm-hmm. to let you know about how people are interacting with your business online. Because it's an website, absolute goldmine. <laughs> it's a yeah. goldmine, and and the yeah. website, like I see the website as the hub of mm-hmm. your your marketing. You know. Yes. Online and offline, you know, a lot of our offline generally refers people to our website as as the standing kind of point. So, so you can like we we can even tell the success of a radio campaign or a print campaign by looking at the activity on the website if we've integrated the the, the two. So, it's like a it's a necessity and um and something that we obviously integrate within the the academy that that people are checking their Google Analytics and we tell them what to check each month. But can you just talk about how Google Analytics works and and what are some of the things that you believe are really important for small businesses to know about from from Google Analytics? Absolutely. Yeah, like so Google Analytics is such a great tool as you've touched on there. Like it's it helps you to get it gives you some really valuable insights um, into how your marketing strategy is working um, and where there are opportunities to develop that and improve it and refine. Um, and so for us, we've, I guess, in, in summary, really, for Google Analytics is great for telling us how people are finding you. So where did, where did people come from to get to the website? Did they come directly to your website by typing in howtodomarketing.com? Or did they come via a Google search? Did they come from Facebook or LinkedIn? Um, so it gives us a bit of insight as to which, which sources are working really well um, for the business for your business. Um, Google Analytics also tells us which pages are being viewed the most. So we know um, which one, like we know either two they're working really well um, or if they're not the pages that we want people to be going to, we can know, okay, well, we need to improve or refine the pathways and the journeys through the website. So are they the pages that we want people to be looking at or would we prefer, prefer them to spend more time in another part of the website? And so it helps um, reflect on what is working well and what's not working well on the website. And to that point, you know, where are people leaving the website? What are the, what are the exit points? So if people are getting to your website, going to the homepage and then going to the about page and not going any further, there's a big problem on the about page because they've not taken, they really don't like you straight up. Um, so it's, it's super helpful to have that little bit of information on the, uh, on, on where people are leaving the website. Um, and then um, also the user's behaviour. So how long are they spending on each page? Um, you know, are they, are they 
are they spending five minutes on your about page and 10 seconds on your services page? You know, like it, we really want to know, uh, or, and that could speak, that could tell us that if they're spending not very long on a page, that the content's overwhelming or it's not speaking clearly to your, to your customers. So yeah. it's helpful to, to see, and Google Analytics will tell you how long exactly people are spending on each page. So it's, it's helpful from that point of view. And then it tells us also um, the, the demographics of people that are coming to the website, so the age, the location, the gender, um, and it can t- help us to align that with what our initial goals were back you know, in the planning of the website. Are they the people that are, are they our clients? Are they our people that are coming to the website? And if it isn't those people, then we need to be adjusting something to align it up to the people that we do want to be coming to the website. Yeah. Um, so it really gives us an insight into the effectiveness of those, um, I guess, the channels through which we're bringing traffic to the website. How effective are they at bringing the right people to the website? Yeah. Um, and then I think overall it's just about providing that, um, that general overview of, yeah, like as we touched on, where people are coming from, their behaviour, their journey through the website, and then allows you to take that information. There's not information just to look at and go, hmm, that's interesting, but to actually take action on that and be going back to your strategy and refining and improving and using it as a tool for constant improvement. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And um, that's a great description of it. And even just like little things like you can actually see how many people are at, uh, uh, accessing your mo- your website by mobile or yeah. by tablet yeah. or by desktop and most websites I would imagine are now as a default you would hope optimized for mobile but again like it's it's one thing to be optimized for mobile but even just to scroll through your website Mm -hmm. and really understand that mobile experience like if you Mm -hmm. can see that 80 percent or 70 percent are accessing it by mobile what does that experience look like because sometimes when we're testing websites and when we're in the development mode we're on our mac or we're on our pc or whatever and it's big and it's you know everything's clear and the writing you know spreads across the screen but when you've got all of that writing and it's on mobile, it makes for such a long, 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 you know, so it's... Absolutely, yeah, and it's really, really worth considering and looking at your, yeah, how many people are coming and using mobile. Yeah. And it's one thing that we do is when we're building a website is actually give the website a run on several different mobiles before we actually launch the website so that we can see whether that button's accidentally being overlapped by that heading or whether that block of text is hiding behind that picture and so on unexpected things you actually have to test it so yeah if you if you if you're seeing there's a lot of traffic coming from mobile but that the people on mobile aren't engaging with you and you know there's a problem with your mobile website yeah 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 100 percent. no i love that now um another concept to explain if you will mm-hmm. website hosting so this is something i imagine that everyone pays for monthly mm-hmm. or annually at some point to somebody Um, what is a web developer doing when they host our website? And are there various levels? Like what is website hosting? 100%. So I love a good analogy. And for me, the analogy that I've referred back to over the years is the concept of a house on a block of land. Um, So I think that really expresses the different components of a website really well. So think of your website as the house. Um, It's where your business lives online. Um, and like a house, your website's built on a virtual block of land. Um, 
which is your web hosting. So that's your little block of land where your web where your house is built on. Um, every house needs to be built on a block of land, as every website needs web hosting. Um, and your land or your web hosting needs to be connected to water and power in order to keep it operating. So as a web hosting provider as well, we make sure that all the services are co constantly working and you know providing the the operation and the smooth running of the website as your the council for example make sure the water keeps coming through the pipes and the power keeps coming through the power lines the web hosting is the place where your website lives online um, but to take that analogy a little bit further um you know domain names yes web your web address it's like your letterbox the street number the street name and the street number how do people find you online what what's your address online and so that's your letterbox in front of your house on your block of land. Um, but like everything and like every house, as we know, they need maintenance um, and they need a touch up from time to time. So a regular clean, a few repairs here and there and a fresh coat of paint from time to time as well. Yeah. Um, sometimes extensions or another level. So the house analogy for me, me really wraps that together and you know, I think really covers over all the different elements really well. Yeah, I love that. Actually, that's made it that's made it really crystal clear for me too. Because I can't, like, you kind of get it. Um, and it, but I, I know, like, people go, well, who's got the domain name, and what's the domain, and what's the difference? But I've got, to, I pay fees for the domain name over here, and the hostings over here. Or some people yeah. don't even know where their website's hosted. You know, like because sometimes the hosting company will be separate to the website development They'll and so often these things have been set up and forgotten about like the, the domain name for example someone will register the domain name as part of registering their business name and forget where it's registered yeah. and it's on their old email address and now they've changed to using their business email address and then one day the the uh, domain name expires on them and now their business has got you know, a lot of activity and they're depending on that email address and bang, all of a sudden their website's offline or their, their email's offline because their domain name expired. So what we do is we help people through, when we're building a website, we check in with them. Where is your domain name? Where is your web hosting? And really doing a bit of an audit and tidy up of where everything is located. Most of the um, domain names for our clients, we manage um, in-house. So we're actually observing and making sure that all the details are up to date the renewal notifications come through to us so we can personally attend to the renewals rather we know how disruptive even an hour or two without your your website and email can be yeah. um, so those those elements are so critical and we love explaining them and helping people with them and in terms of the question before about those levels of care we yeah. don't have to look after your domain name we don't have to look after your web hosting but i think as i think we have a duty of care to help you as a website owner, understand the importance of keeping all those things up to date. Um, so we do offer levels of care, whether it be looking after your domain name, looking after your website, hosting, but also in addition to the hosting, which is like the block of land, we also look after that maintenance and and care and, and um, you know, keeping that website running smoothly is a bit more than just hosting the website. Yeah. There's that next level of care, making sure it's secure, and stable and up to date so that it's going to be still fast um, and reliable for you year in, year out. And again, like a house, if you did zero maintenance on it for 10 years, um, it's going to, things are going to stop working on it. The windows you know, aren't going to open like they used to before. You know, you need to do that maintenance. Otherwise, 
that website that was brilliant five years ago or 10 years ago is just going to be a crumpled mess after a few years without being without that proper care. So the hosting, that's where that maintenance and that's where the different levels of care. That's right. Are. So we can provide just the, the bare essentials and so many people use like, um, disc, like well, many people, not, not the majority, but many people will look for the cheapest deal for their web hosting. But oftentimes that, that, that budget deal doesn't include any maintenance of the actual website itself. So it's providing that block of land. Yes, it's going to be functional. Yes, it's going to be visible online. But for us, that, that next level of website care is so critical where we actually do look into the website itself and making sure it's all kept up to date and making sure that the plugins are being updated and that the security certificates are being kept up to date. That's generally not part of the web hosting. So wow. that's that next level of care. That's the, the over and above bit that we are offering more and more for clients because it's something that you can do yourself, mm. but really... You know, when you're in business, you've got other things to be worried about. So mm. keeping the website secure and up-to-date is so critical um, for it to keep running smoothly. Mm, yeah. And and to me, it just makes sense then, like the way that you've described that, it, it makes sense to kind of have everything under the one roof. So if yeah. you know, if someone's yeah. developed your website to actually have the hosting with them to, to have the, the domain name registered with them because then at least you know that everything's being kind of taken care of together well we sort of look at it as being your online concierge we just help you with everything to do with the online space you don't have to go here there and everywhere and remember where that is because i mean let's face it you'll get on with your business a year or two down the track you'll forget where everything is and you just want to pick up the phone and give us a call yeah. And know that we're across all of those different key points. Yeah, yeah, love it. Awesome. Is there anything else that small businesses need to know about creating an effective website? Well, I think we touched on it before, like the, that's making sure that when you built that website, it looks beautiful on the computer, but make sure it works well on a mobile. So that's mm. critical. Um, for the website to be effective, um, we really need to make sure it lines up with your business goals. Like if you're running uh, an e-commerce website, how effective is it is actually generating sales for you? Like, are you actually getting sales through it or is there a problem where the shopping cart's not working? So actually checking in from time to time, using the website yourself from time to time as, the, as though you're a customer coming to the website and testing it periodically is important. Yeah. Um, and, and, and checking in with the effectiveness from a, like, a, like if you're on e-commerce, you want to know, are we selling? If you're in physiotherapy, for example, are we getting bookings? Are we yes. getting online bookings? You know, is the phone ringing because of it? So really checking in and doing that health check on the on the effectiveness on the website from time to time. Um, like we say with contact forms, inquiry forms on a website, mm. unfortunately with spam filters and different mail filtering systems, sometimes they land in the junk folder. Yeah. Um, so checking your junk folder from time to time. And we've got little tricks that we can help you set up on your inbox to make sure that those messages don't land in the spam folder. Oh, um, there's nice. little filters and rules that we can help people set up as well. So, again, that goes to that follow-through. We need to make sure that if somebody's inquiring online that that actually hits your inbox and that you can um, take that next step with that customer. Yeah, nice. Fantastic. Wow, so much gold in this conversation, Simon. Thank you for so generously sharing all of that, that insight. 
And um, if if listeners feel compelled to to get their website <laughs> updated, having heard all of this, this these the wonderful things that you can do with websites, um, where can they find you? Where can they find Web Studio? Yeah, so a great place to start um, would be at our website, webstudio.com.au. Um, you can learn about us as a, as a team and how we can help your business. So we've got our story um, and what we offer um, and you can meet our team um, or you can pick up the phone. We still do phone <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um, we're available on 0255-145-145 um, and yeah, we can help you in any way that works for you, whether it be via Zoom, via Google Meet, or a phone call, or it's just over email, we can, we'd can be happy to fit you in and, um, and have a chat about how we can help your business. That's awesome. Fantastic. And we, we do love a bit of phone contact every now and again, don't we? I know, I know these days if I call someone, they're like, oh, we're going to call. We're not Zooming. And I'm like, no, like, let's just have a phone conversation. Let's have a chat. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, and so often you'll, have, you'll be going to put together a, a little message or, or an update or something. No, just give them a call. It's that personal touch yes. sometimes that, that goes a long way. Um, yes. just to, and, or if it's, if it's a little query or, if, you know, it, there are times when um, that personal phone call is such a, such a big help. But to be honest, the, the big thing for me, you know, like a little, little thing that, um, or big thing that I've noticed over this um, pandemic period yes. is how much we're using Zoom and how much we are connecting with, with people over video call like we are now. Yeah. But imagine, imagine if that was 10 years ago or 20 years ago when we were on dial-up, Jane, <laughs> and using one phone line in the house and oh. we were trying to share the phone line. Imagine a house full of teenagers and one phone line and a dial-up. Just imagine the chaos that we'd have during the pandemic. Can um, you imagine? Like, I just don't think we'd have chaos, though. Actually, I think we'd just have this really, like, simplified life because, A, they just wouldn't be able to task us with all the things. Like, if they were going to lock us up, well, that's we wouldn't right. be able to do anything from home. But I think what it's, I think it's enabled us as, as businesses to pivot and really use the tools to have, like, I mean, I know there are industries that are severely affected that can only serve their customers face-to-face, like hospitality, um, travel, and so on. But many other businesses have been able to adjust how they're delivering their services and do it online. Um, mm. You know, get on and use um, use Zoom as a substitute for that face to face meeting. Yeah. And the and and as the online tools, as fatiguing as they can be across the day, oh. if you use them well, yeah, you can be pretty effective with them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 been pretty good. Yeah, it's like the pandemic. It's like the universe kind of just waited for dial-up to be a thing of the past to, to right. deliver us the pandemic. No, you can't send it to Earth just yet. They need yep, to wait, wait, wait. They're not the quite end. ready yet. Yep, hang on, wait for the NBN to go in. That's it. <laughs> oh, awesome. It's been so great catching up with you, Simon, and um, I hope everybody's enjoyed this episode. I'm sure they have. Um, and you, yeah, thanks Thanks for being awesome and, and sharing so much wonderful. Oh, thanks for having me on, Jane. It's been a, been a pleasure and um, I really, really enjoy working um, with the academy students that you've, um, that you've had last yeah. year as well. Um, and I always felt that the, the work that we've been able to do with, um, with your academy students has been 
the best work that we we can do because they do come well prepared um, and they have done the proper planning and they are very clear about what they're wanting to achieve. So, no, thank you for having me on. No worries. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Jane. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. And remember, if you want to know how you can get some of this marketing happening in your own business, come and join me in my How To Do Marketing Academy Mastermind. It has been developed just for small business owners like you. Head to howtodomarketing.com.au. And until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.